Do you really want your company to stand out in the crowded digital space? Do you want to get more people to know, like, and trust you with your story? Authentic Web Video Marketing Agency can help you to collect those stories, the stories that sell, connect the stories to the situation, produce the videos that you need in each of the situations, and then use the latest techniques, including video ads, retargeting, and email to deliver those video stories. Authentic Web is the video production and marketing agency trusted by top marketers to help their story stand out in a crowded space. Visit AuthenticWeb.media to learn more. In a world full of boring stories, bad videos, and marketing misinformation, one very tall man with a weird last name will use his microphone. Is this thing on? Use his video marketing knowledge. It's the red button, right? And use his friends. Please be on the show. To change that. You are listening to The Garlic Marketing Show with Ian. What? No, that's how you pronounce it. Well, if you say so, your host, Ian Garlic. Welcome to another Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here with one of our most repeated guests. Oh, I got that honor. Yeah, right now. And from Dow of Inbound Days, he's the head of a bad rhino social media company. Um, Awesome, awesome guy. Has his own podcast and a beer expert. We're going to talk a little about this. But welcome back, Mari McDonald. Mari, thanks for being on. Thank you, Ian. I love having you on. I love. I mean, we have great discussions on and off air. Um, but you know, it was funny. I was looking through, and this is an interesting segue because I was looking. Look, I was trying to figure out back to the Tonight Show days who was the most the guest that was on the most repeatedly, and it was some guy named like Charlie Callis. Huh. Um, did you watch the Tonight Show? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't remember like any repeat guests. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of them, but I never really thought of it. Yeah, like Steve Martin, I remember was on a lot, and there were a lot of guests that you know. And as I'm thinking about it, how much it relates to social media, because back in those days, you owned the channel, so you just put whoever. It was a big show. You just put whoever want and up, and everyone had to watch it, right? that's true and and now you you can't do that right with social media same thing people think that and i think that trained us now that we think that we can broadcast like we are johnny carson when we get on our social media channel and just do whatever we want and talk about whatever we want because people are going to pay attention that's very true never thought of it that way um even though i talk about tv and social media all the time and how tv and Facebook are intersecting and Facebook slowly, well, slowly taking over TV. But when you do, that's an interesting point because I see a lot of people make the mistake. It doesn't matter what size business. Actually, I've seen it all across. It's like, I'm going to talk about whatever I want to. And you watch them start talking. And if you watch one of those live videos, you can see how many people are on there. And if you jump on, you'll see like 20 people, let's say. And the next thing you know, you see 12 and the next thing you see two. <laughs> and it's interesting because they're just not capturing that attention. You know, it's like that opening monologue's got to be key. And Johnny Carson was king of that. Actually, a um, friend of mine, Ben Settle, who I work with, he talks about that all the time. If you really want to get really good at headlines and capturing attention on sales pages, go watch a bunch of monologues from Johnny Carson because 
he was the king of getting you tied into that show within the first couple minutes. You don't think of it now, but you know it's eleven thirty at night for most people on the East Coast, and you got to tie somebody into that show. So he's got elicit response right away. It doesn't matter who the guests are; he's got to make sure that people are going to stay awake to get into the show. So it's very interesting. That is interesting. I love it, and it's it's amazing how media has changed. And how old media too, like we don't, we miss that nuance and we just saw the high level, like, oh, it's a Johnny, Johnny Carson show. Everyone's got to watch it. But you miss that nuance of the 1130. And I see this so often where people just, you know, they pull out what they think is important, but they don't realize what was really important. Like you said, like that headline, that's so cool. And it's so true because people don't spend a lot of time on their headlines. They don't spend a lot of time on, on the copy and just talk about them. Um, and so tell me, you know, we've talked about your social media agency, Bad Rhino, before. Um, what are the big trends that you guys are seeing right now in social media? I think the first one we've already talked about briefly was just the video part <clears throat> and going live. But you have to do it right. Um, speak to... And know your audience and give them what they want rather than just talking about whatever you want to talk about, which we already covered. I think that's the biggest one, and you really can't get away from it from anybody, is that piece is just talking about video. How can I leverage it, whether it's Facebook Live, whether it's you know different videos marketing their business, capturing their attention. You have like two or three seconds to get their attention. So a video is a moving object a little bit. And video is key. It really is the, probably the hottest thing right now. And if you watch Instagram, you watch Snapchat, you watch everybody else, how are they going to capture that audience and give them what they want? I think we talked about this before because I know video is a hot topic with you and your company. Yeah. Um, you know, going landscape versus vertical and who wants to watch it those ways? You know, if you're, I think it was, I forget, it was a gentleman from Comcast was actually talking about it in a, a seminar last last year, last summer, about who prefers which, um, you know, which format. <clears throat> and if you're over 40, I know that part was true. Landscape is key. They don't want to see anything vertical. Mm-hmm. It was younger than, I think it was like 32. It might have been somewhere in there. And don't hold me to that. But they were talking about they would prefer to see video that way, you know, on their phone because they're trained more so on mobile than anything else. And um, all those facets go into it and who's trying to capture everything. You know, Snapchat goes for a billion dollar IPO or something ridiculous or multi billion dollar IPO rather. You know, and that's all video based. Ultimately, they're going to be running high end commercials on there. You don't launch a multi billion dollar company and be like, "Hey, look at my dog ears." <laughs> you know, they, no, one's, no one's going to give a crap about that. They're going to be like, "Okay, we got shareholders now. How do we, you know, how do we appease them?" So you're going to see bigger companies, Pepsi, Coke, um, large companies that invest a lot of money on TV are going to be jumping in there, which will push out. Um, you know, smaller businesses to a certain degree, but if you know your audience, you can still create content that really delivers and hits that audience right there. That's the beauty of social media. Yeah, it's the beauty of social media. And also, I, I, I had Justin Teo, and we talked about it because he really represents big brands, and he's getting away from those big brands as much. I mean, he still has his few core clients because the advantage of small business is they don't have to talk to everyone. And exactly. 
Yeah, and they don't have as many stakeholders. Like, you don't realize this. Like the Johnny Carson show, you look at what worked on the outside, you don't realize all the people on the, on the inside. And you've seen this, too, because you've worked with big brands, you know, where the big brands handcuff your creativity, handcuff the targeting, and it's small business and medium-sized business that have the advantage there, right? Yeah, so I'm just going to go right into it because before we started recording this, is like that whole direct response piece and the long-form sales letters and all that stuff that people think are obsolete, you can start to pull that into that social media piece. And I agree, when you have these giant companies in the political climate, you got to appease everybody. So these companies got to hit everybody without stepping on anybody's toes, without, you know, offending this or offending that. And it becomes very vanilla. And marketing is not supposed to be vanilla. It's supposed Mm -hmm. to give you a response, you know, to either buy something or investigate something. And I see and hear that quite a bit um, within marketing community and talking to a lot of people that we both know. And it's it's frustrating. And I'm seeing the rise of a lot of these smaller companies that are like, you know what? Let's just polarize it. I don't care. Like And they're like, I need to make my business work. And if I tick off 10, 15%, so be it. But that middle swath of, say, 40, 50% are going to be my core customers. We can talk about things. I can hit them with email. I can create content that pulls out the response for them to buy my product or service. So it's very interesting. Or vote for me. Or vote for you. Well, I'm not even going to go into that direct response because that was that, that was perfectly played. Yep, yep, yep. Whether you like it or not, it elicited response and it got the reaction that they wanted. But and, they knew, a, and they knew their audience. And they or, knew the audience. That's the key. And that's what you can you could start to tie some of those things in. People think a crazy headline on email is not going to work. And actually just opens, you know, it just opens it up. I mean, a great headline or a great Facebook um, post just gets that going. Kind of like the opening monologue, like we were talking about with Johnny Carson. It just gets that person in there. It's why, you know, lumpy mail still gets opened. You know, you get it and it's like, why am I opening this? And there's like a keychain in there. It's a local car dealership. And you're like, all right, at least I know their name. It gets more attention than a flat envelope that you're probably just going to tear up going, I'm not interested in a car, but hey, now I know Joe's auto that's down the street that I didn't know before. So all those things go into that direct response to literally pull out a response. Yeah. And for those, I mean, we talk about direct response and merging of direct response and branding. I mean, direct response, just a brief overview if you don't know what it is and you're listening. It's where it literally what it means is that you put it at marketing now, you get money back. Like yeah. it, it's 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 a direct response. You are asking for money back, which is an important thing because I see that. That's what I love about what you do and your level of knowledge. And I think it's and I'd love having you on talk about it because I think it's critical to be tying that stuff into social media. And I see so many quote unquote social media agencies. Someone understands how to do Facebook ads, like doesn't mm-hmm. understand direct response. They know how to make one, and they're like, I can do this. And yeah, and and it kills people's budgets, it kills their business, and makes them think that this stuff doesn't work. Exactly. And when you look at it, it's 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 a little bit of a dance. I mean, you can't just go like traditional direct response. Like, don't go pick up a book on direct response. There's a million of them out there. Start reading and be like, hey, I'm just going to implement this into my social media strategy. <laughs> You're going to burn through your network. They're going to be irritated by it. But it's much like previous times I talked to you, and it's that whole 
marketing circle is you need to understand where you're pushing, where you're pulling, where you're getting these people to take action. So when you apply those direct response methods, all it means is you have a highly targeted audience and you're telling them what you want them to do, right? So if you take that and you apply it to a social media strategy, you're going to get people that are going to argue about it, maybe get a little irritated because they're like, oh my God, they just want to sell me something. Well, yeah, they're in business, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. It's like, well, yes. But then you don't want to do that all the time on that channel because you will wear that audience out. It should be more communicating you know, what's going on. But you can use those things to elicit that response and have people take action, whether it's just opting into an email address, you know, opting in, putting their email address to opt in rather, um, and getting them there. Then you can really apply those methods. It could be a certain ad going, hey, it's 25% off and it's today and it's today only. And you hit them four or five, six times, not only via social media, but you tie that into maybe a, an email campaign. And maybe if you prepare well enough, four or five days earlier, you send out a postcard campaign too and tie all these things together. And you can really, you know, not only track it, but you can see where things are starting to move within your marketing. Not many companies are that advanced either, especially on the smaller side, but you can implement those things and they work really, really well. Yeah. And, and, and you prepare social media for that, right? Is that, is that what you do? Because you're, I mean, you talk about yeah. not doing this all the time. So you're doing other stuff ahead of it, knowing that eventually you're going to have this ask. Exactly. I mean, you want to prep them and, you know, let them know it's coming without letting them know it's coming. So it's like, Hey, like even like the last couple pieces, we'll just start there rather than go through a whole cycle because we don't have that much time. But those last few pieces are like, hey, we have an announcement coming. There's something big coming on Friday. Are you prepared for this? You know, and start to get some buzz where people want to look behind that curtain and go, well, I wonder what's coming, you know, what's coming down the road. Because it does ease it if you then hit them with a sales message because, hey, I warned you um, that I was going to tell you that we have a special offer or, you know, we only have 10 slots for my financial planning business or it's closing for the rest of the year, you know, those types of things. I mean, you can really, really play around with it, but you want to prep that audience before you just hit them over the head with, hey, buy my stuff. Yeah. Yep. 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 And build the value right in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, I think this is a perfect segue because your, your new book is, yes. is good beer is not enough. Correct. Great. Be- great, great beer. I should know that. I'm wearing, I'm wearing <laughs> t-shirts as good as the enemy of great. Um, uh, so great beer is not enough because I, this brings up a very important point and let's use that beer analogy that I think a lot of people, I see this mistake so much. I'm going to be the best at this and people are, yes. and I'm, I'm going to tell people I'm the best at this and they're going to come to me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not the case, is it? Beer, perfect example. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, and that's pretty much the reason, and you didn't even read it yet because I haven't shared it with anybody yet. Um, the book is exactly that, is to go not only philosophy, but also warn people in the effect that, hey, you might have a great product, but if nobody knows about it, if nobody can see where to get it or nobody has any access to it or any buzz about it, it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, it's much like content. You know, People talk about, hey, I'm just going to put out all this great content and then things don't go anywhere because they don't have any traffic. You know, So it's like, yep. okay, which part do I need? But if you have an awesome product, like, how do you get that out there? And sometimes when you're first starting out, um, 
it's it doesn't matter what the business is actually but you get nervous about like okay now i gotta market this i gotta push this out who am i to do so and this puts out an easy steps in the book for you know this is targeted towards smaller breweries where you can do it piece by piece so you might not have a huge budget to hire somebody like us or even a small budget to bring us on like as a consultant but at the same time you can start to put some of these pieces together so that when you are ready with any agency that you're working with, um, you can get in there and you have the foundation already built and some methodology in there. And it's really important because you get lost in the shuffle in some place like craft beer where it's a community based thing, but even multiple, you know, there's multiple breweries in, you know, a lot of small communities now. So how do you stand out? Yeah. Yeah. And, and coming back to the point of great beer is not enough. How many, I, cause I knew brewery guys back when this was all start coming up and, you know, they would come in and, and, and talk to me about the beers and they would tell me all this minutia, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it didn't matter to me at all. And I was just like, what does the beer taste like? You know, exactly. And you have to explain to people what it is. And if they spend so much time with these intricacies, if that's not your market, if your market doesn't understand that, it's actually not only a waste of your time, but it confuses them, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Again, it goes back to just about you know anything else that you're selling. If you confuse the audience or the or the buyer, they never take any action. So you have to keep it simple. It's like um, if you have a great pilsner, which is a good beer to drink on a hot day, um, people will argue with that as well. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> but we'll use that one as an example. But if you describe it as something that's going to elicit that response, like, hey, you're, I'm just going to use this example because most people have seen the movie. Hey, do you remember that time when Andy Dufresne you know, fixed the roof and he was in prison and they got all these cold beers and they sat there and they they had a moment? You know, So you're describing the beer like that, but who cares about the hops? Who cares about what it tastes like exactly? And it's like from this you know, Belgian, German, Australian, and South American mix, whatever, you know, like some beer snob or some you know, really hophead is going to be into that but ultimately you're going to lose a casual customer who might just pop in and wants to have a beer and you're local you know so it's pulling all those things together to, to create the message much like the opening monologue of the tonight show yep i love how you brought that around that's good job. I try. I know. I've been a repeat guest, so I like to help your show out. I love that. Um, it, it, so you've done this, obviously. You've helped other breweries. Um, can you give me some examples? Can you, I mean, if names, if there's some big names you've helped out there. Can you give me some examples of what you've done with them? Because I think those are great case studies, not only for a brewery, but for uh, anyone to understand yeah. what, it, what can be done. Yep, and the case studies are out on our website, which is badrhinoinc.com. Um, I'm not going to mention the names here, but just because it's easier to talk in generalities, because not everybody that listens to your show is, you know, in craft brewing. So let's talk about it so that anybody listening can start to apply some of those things. Um, so for one, in particular, a larger organization, they were getting bogged down in looking at their analytics, not really paying enough attention to their ads, and then their content would suffer. And then it just became a vicious cycle where the content would be really good, then they didn't have time to spend with the ads, then they couldn't really look at any analytics, and then they would look at the analytics, they would do the ads, and they just kept going on and on. So really putting in more of a content calendar and designing it out of what exactly you were marketing that month but more importantly like start talking with the salespeople because as you know in any organization salespeople feel marketing's not doing enough 
um, sales, you know, marketing feels that sales just isn't selling based on what they're actually putting out there and not really communicating. So what we did was we eliminated the first part, which was the analytics, then revamped their ads so that they started working more appropriately, but tied it into a lot of the live events that they had going on where they were breaking into new areas where you can get the word out earlier. A lot of little things like that where people just don't have time because there's a lot of nuances to not only social media marketing, but just internet marketing in general that you don't really think of because there's so much data that comes back at you. Mm-hmm. So that would be one, you know, one little example. Um, another one which would be more on a smaller scale is kind of like what I mentioned earlier about getting too wordy about your descriptions. Um, kind of having too much information for the casual person that's just looking to find something a little bit different. And instead of updating and targeting just like the hardcore people, really just opening it up so that they remember that people with kids wouldn't mind stopping by, um, having things like, um, you know, just like open nights where you're giving things away, but you're trying to get more response and more feedback on your on your product, which in this case would be beer, so that you can then use it not only to create new things, but also use it to create content. So you could take pictures of the people coming in. You know, it's like, hey, it's a family day on Sunday, so we have a food truck here and we have some other things going on. But then using that, not just having it be like, hey, that was a great success, but having a plan to go into it where you're talking to people, why they're there, you're shooting video, you're doing uh, photography, you're creating content while you're doing your business, which is a tough thing for a business owner to think about because, hey, I'm trying to run a business, I'm trying to do all these things. Oh, I got to create content too. They do it on the fly, it looks sloppy rather than having a plan going in. So that's another thing that we did. Awesome. Yeah. And that creating content, especially original content that's, that shows that also has that fear of missing out. Like it gives as a social proof, all that stuff mm-hmm. in there is, is critical. And, and you plan it out a little ahead of time. It, it really does a, a, makes it a million times better. Uh, what especially you when you're first, especially when you're first starting out, because you feel like you have no proof, you know, yeah. and then you have people there and you can make it, you know, appear a little bit bigger than it is. And then you target their friends of friends and you ask them permission to tag them. And Hey, this is going to be on Facebook or on Twitter, or on Instagram or wherever. And you let them know, and then they start sharing it. And that really starts that little bit of organic buzz at first. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, those are great opportunities too for Facebook Live and live streaming because mm-hmm. that's interesting stuff to people, right? They want to see what's going on. They, everyone wants to see the party that's happening. I mean, there's entire five hour TV shows that are based on the party that's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, and, that, and people would rather be at the party than anything else. Exactly. Exactly. And that fear of missing out, man, that's that's a strong driver for people. Um, huge- yeah. So when you go in, to plan for let's say one of these breweries mm-hmm. and they and you're going to work with them for the first time what are the f- first big things you're you're asking them? are you just going hey can i sample all your beers <laughs> well yeah personally yes uh, but no that, that's not necessary although I, I i would prefer that um so that would be one of the things um and you want to be familiar with the product too um i think you know, and this is true with anything, you know certain things are just good just because they, they've been in business for a long period of time. Um, you know, you, you would assume just because, hey, if you're still in business after six, seven years, you've got to be doing something, right? Yep. Um, but no, the first part is just like everybody that we work with is, is get that audit done. 
And what the audit does gives us an idea. We go in, talk to them about who their competitors are, what they like about their competitors, who they aspire to be in their own industry, um, what they like, what they don't like, more importantly, and why they like it. So you start to get a feel. And then we start to show them actual numbers. So we go out and we have a team and software and some handful of other things. A lot of it's manual because we want to have real human eyeballs looking at this so we can start to pull it apart, take a look at it, and give them feedback and say, okay, you think XYZ is so much better than you, but let's look at this one versus you and look at the content, look at the numbers of shares, likes, all the stuff that you can see. Then you start to look a little bit behind the scenes and you give that all to the client and you say, okay, this is our starting point and this is where we're going to go. This is what you think, this is what you saw, and this is where we're headed. And you get agreement you know, so that you're on the same page because if you're not, um, it's going to fall apart pretty fast. You mm-hmm. know? And then you start to work with them in, in terms of creating content giving them an opportunity to provide feedback. And usually after the first 30 days, um, we still meet with clients consistently. Everybody does on the team no matter what. But at the same time, we get to understand their voice, who they are, who they want to be online so that you can really start to develop those things. And then you start to really set that strategy in motion going into that 45-day moving forward and things start to roll a little bit. But it is a little bit of a time to you know, get that information together. But more importantly is just starting off on the right foot because a lot of people have different expectations, you know, whether things are just going to work like a magic pill. <laughs> like, oh, boom, here are my Facebook ads are delivering me a million clients today. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start to uncover some other things. That's why we do the audit. <clears throat> hey, I'm going to take a look at your website. We're going to take a look at your Google Analytics. Do you know how much traffic you're actually getting? <laughs> a lot yeah. of times, they don't know. Oh, no one knows. No yeah, so few people know. Yeah. And, and, it, and so if you're listening to this, I want you to take a point because this is an expectation you should have of any marketing agency that you're going to work with, whether it's social media, video, or whatever. They should be asking you these things. They should know where you are digitally, but also what your goals are. Um, and it amazes me, Marty, that we get people in the door that are like, why are you asking this question? I'm like, have you worked with the marketing agency before? They're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep. how are we going to measure if this works? Well, people will spend more time on my site. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, really? That's that's what's working for you? So you're just going to pay me X dollars per month because people are liking your site more? <laughs> and and But I, I want people to realize that if you do not hear this out of your agency, if it, you have to be ready to give that information, but if they're not asking for that information, you need to turn around. Right. Or, or have someone that's leading you. You know, it's, if you have a leader, if you have a marketing director, if you have someone that can ask these questions and lead a web designer, lead a content developer, knowing that that marketing director is working, that's one thing. But if you're the business owner and you're kind of doing marketing, you need to be, someone needs to be asking these questions. And, and you shouldn't tell them to ask the questions. Right. And it has to be a starting point. Like if you hired somebody and said, and you're just doing great to begin with, but I would still want to know, all right, you have a hundred thousand unique visitors every month. Okay, great. Then you have a great conversion rate and you have a great email opt-in rate. You have great sales. What do you need? Well, we really need brand awareness and we want you to manage more of these bits and pieces because what's falling through the cracks is we can't report it properly up a proper channel or 
our business owners or investors are looking for more of a brand awareness because we're doing well in sales, but no one seems to know us other than our customers, which is fine, but we want to expand. Okay, so you want to expand. So you get to that um, root of what they want, and you can do it faster when you start off asking those questions because if they don't know, then they're like, oh my gosh, is that good or bad? It's like Then you educate a little bit, and then you continue to move forward because everybody's at a different level. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's so true too. Is that like, it's not that your business is different. It's where you are in your business is different. Yep. Right. And, and your business is the same. It's just figuring out where you are in your business and where you want to go. Um, and most people hate to hear that. Yeah. Their business isn't different, but guess what? It's not. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, so, you know, I, I think that this direct response piece, I want to come back to it because do you touch in it? Touch on it in your uh, in your book at all? A little bit, a little bit here and there. It's very. It's written to be a quick read and to give an overview of what we do. It's got some good just stuff that you can go do right away. But I don't touch upon it too much because I think it's um it would be a subject for a bigger, uh, bigger time for sure. Like more time to spend on it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so what's one of the tips that you can give us out of the book right off the bat? Right off the bat, I can just pull up here. So here's one. Um, You know, develop campaigns that focus on the beer you want to promote, then use the platform where your best customers hang out to begin building a quote unquote buzz about it. So, what's that mean? You know, if you're sitting there as a small business owner and you're, you know, you're doing all the marketing yourself. And you wind up seeing that, oh, everybody tags us on Instagram and you have a new beer coming out and you're like, hey, we're going to do a small batch, come out Saturday, 2 p.m. You know, it's going to be, you know, a couple bucks per pour, nothing big. We want your feedback. And you post it on Facebook rather than Instagram. You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot if that's where your, you know, your biggest community is, is on Instagram. So it's just prior planning is a big thing. The next thing is, is just based off of what we, um, you know, what we were just talking about, all marketing efforts need to be measured, or you're just spinning your wheels and wasting money. That's just what we were talking about. It's like you have to know where you're at, where you're starting, and where you're going. And last thing is, you know, when you're focused locally, much like um, most craft breweries are at first, especially, you're planting seeds that will start, you know, that will begin to reach further and further and help you grow. And that's just making sure that when you're first starting out, you take care of all your initial customers, make sure that they feel that they're part of this. And once they go to a new place, they're like, hey, have you ever heard of XYZ beer? Because it's really good stuff if they're out to dinner or they're sitting at a bar or they're just talking to friends. So those are three quick tips. Yeah. And and those can apply to anyone, right? Absolutely. I mean, any business. Yeah, that's I love that. Um, So you're talking about Instagram. And mm-hmm. Facebook. I want to talk a little technical stuff now. What's oh, your, fancy. What's your, your What's your opinion on uh, using hashtags right now on Instagram? You know, um, I always like to throw a date out there, even though I know you'll get this out pretty quick. So it's what March seventh, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I would say in the last ten to fifteen days. Instagram is like all over the map. <laughs> like they're just <laughs> updating. Okay, you can put multiple pictures in. You can, um, there's longer videos. Like everything just seems to be like, okay, what are, what are we doing here? You know, like, you know, new features like every other day, it seems like. Um, so I don't, 
I don't like using a thousand of them. I think it just becomes cheesy. It looks weird. I think there's a time and a place for that, though, so far still. But it should be in your comments somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's really weird because the way that algorithm seems to be changing and the way they seem to be serving up the contents based on some of the things that you like, some of the people that you follow more so, like they're really getting down to, okay, you really like this. I'm going to give you more of this. Um, and then once you see the bots come in, <laughs> which I've seen just in the past couple of days, like, oh, yeah. also, like it's just a massive amount, which means that this is true and this is kind of like a total nerd thing um we used to see it on used to see it on twitter a ton early on way back when mm-hmm. but you see it on instagram now it just means there's a little loop that somebody is open which means they're playing around with things constantly that just lets a flood of fake profiles in and next thing you know you have a, a hundred followers that are like wow all these people are the same and they have the same um type of handle and things like that so bottom line is right now they're playing around a ton with it. So the right answer is I don't know at this second <laughs> in terms of hashtags, but I am a big believer in using the hashtags that relate to what you're doing and only using a few. Um, you know, if you post regularly, there is a time and a place, I think, to have a massive just dump of hashtags because they are searched and it can help you be found. It just looks looks cheesy just come up with a plan there's tons of different ways to grow um organically and paid via instagram um and now they're starting to do lead ads they're starting to put a lot of new things in and um i'm interested in seeing like the next couple weeks because you come up to the end of the quarter um and if you've listened to a previous podcast with me and i and how i figure everything out is to follow the money piece within social media when you're a public company and a month and a quarters are very key um, indicators, and I think they're making all these changes to go into the second quarter. Um, you know, to, to ramp up the the ad revenue because they have very big numbers that they have to hit since they're owned by Facebook. The Instagram piece has large numbers in 2017 to hit. So, long-winded answer to a- answer, answer about hashtags. Um, less is more, in my opinion. Yeah, but I th- I really I think there's still a huge opportunity at Instagram. And I know like social media, yeah, social media gets killed. And I feel like I mean my personal opinion is the election kind of hurt Facebook. Oh, a ton. And, and and you know and and I see I mean I see because I, I really what I I mean what I do is guerrilla research. And when I'm traveling in airports, I'm. I'm getting nosy in what everyone's on their phone with, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's interesting. Right. And I know my wife, you know, she talks about Instagram and like, if I want her to pay attention to something, I put it on Instagram. Um, and I think there's a huge, huge opportunity in there, especially for someone like beer or, um, anyone that has any type of visual product. That's really cool looking. I think it's awesome. You know what I like about it? I see more and more people, um, that's one of my favorite channels. I never thought it would be when it first came out, but mm-hmm. now it's it's personally, I spend most of my time on Twitter and um, Instagram for sure. Instagram is visual, so people like to just be like, all right, it's the end of the day or it's the morning or I need a break from just you know whatever they're doing at work. And it's just easy to flip through and there's fun stuff. I think people put a little flair to their posts, even if it's just a picture of their kids or they're out fishing or they're doing, you know, playing golf, whatever, they put a little bit of personality to it rather than just posting something or checking in somewhere and, and things like that. And I think that's really the power in it. And I 
do think there's a tremendous opportunity. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think people need to be looking at Instagram more ever across almost every business. And to your point of, you know, using a, 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 a direct response method of getting them off to do something off of Instagram, not so much directly selling on Instagram, because if you interrupt in that way, get someone excited about your beer, right? Show mm-hmm. them the beer, tell them what the flavors look like, you know? And, and I, I, I say that because you can't tell them what they taste like, but you can say, Hey, this is what it looks like. You know, it's this, 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 show them the pieces. And you know, those are, and if you look on Instagram too, those are the most viewed videos are like those recipe videos. Um, it's, it's such a huge opportunity. Um, are you guys using it all in your business? <clears throat> We're like the cobbler's children most days. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, we're getting better. Um, you know, we're, we, we plan out a lot of our stuff and, um, I think, you know, we have plenty of examples that have worked with us in the past and I'm not saying that we don't do anything, but, um, we don't, we haven't gotten too fancy, um, with our own marketing. Um, our own marketing comes from our, our blog also comes from some video stuff that we've done and we're going to continue to do this year as well as, um, um, you know, really just being out there on Google AdWords. So for us, it's a little bit different. Uh, we try and, and we put our personality on our Instagram page. If you look through there, it's a lot of local stuff to where our office is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And then there's a lot of stuff about our team members, our interns, as well as their personal stuff too. And what I mean by that is not their personal pages, but their interests and things like that. Like what makes them special and as people and content creators so that people can see that. Um, and we're pretty consistent with everything. Uh, we just don't have like some big, you know, fancy plan for our own stuff. Majority of our time spent with our customers and clients. Yep. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's exciting. And it, it, that's, it's always that tough balance too, right? Sure. It, it, that's a tough balance. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I'd like to be big enough one day that that's all, you know, some of us are focusing on is just like, um, yeah, let's do this. Let's, you know, let's do that and have some real creativity in there. I think for any agency, um, kind of going right back to the beginning is, you know, what we were talking about with, you know, the Johnny Carson stuff is get, let people like into that little secret of what's coming, like what's the show about, you know, and get them hooked a little bit. And, you know, video and short video, I think is, is the best way to go about it for just about every business, but you can really share a lot really quickly through the power of video. And it's also embraced by Facebook and Instagram and all these other channels. And you can repurpose a lot of it, you know, throughout your marketing. Yeah, and that's another thing to remember too. Is like you said, repurpose that. Once you make this stuff, if you do it well, you, you have to show it time and time again because people are going to forget about it. I mean, you know, how many times do you see a commercial before you actually take action? And yeah, it, yeah and if it's entertaining, people are going to want to see it again. Yeah, they'll share it. You know, and it doesn't have to be like people think it has to be like something weird or goofy to get shared. Um, I think a lot of times it just needs to be real. Yep, it doesn't have to be anything too fancy. Yep, yep, and it's something that entertains them. And yeah, because I mean, I've I did a, that fishing video the other day. And, oh yeah, I saw that. And and that that's like my most viewed video on my personal Facebook page ever. And it's just mm-hmm. a, it's a slow motion of fishing, which incidentally I'll have to tell that story later. But we got sent to drift right after that <laughs> <laughs> it had to be rescued <laughs> nice. uh-huh. 
Awesome. Well, Marty, thank you so much for being on the show. Marty McDonald, uh, Bad Rhino, incredible social media agency. I know some of, uh, you know, mutual, we have mutual clients, mutual friends, and they love you. Uh, plus, I'm excited for the book because it, it means beer and marketing. What else What else do you need, right? What else do you need, really? That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone wants to, um, what's the best way to get in contact with you? It's just Bad Rhino, right? Just get yeah, there or buy the go. book. Yeah, you can just go right on there. The book's called Great Beer is Not Enough. It's out on Amazon. You can check it out there. Um, and then, yeah, our website, badrhinoinc.com. Um, you can just uh, fill out the form. We have a newsletter. We have a couple other things going on there. And, um, you know, our phone number and everything's right on there. So give us a call. Yeah, and, I mean, if you're thinking about doing social media, definitely give them a call. Go through their process. Um, and be paying attention. I think they're going to be having a new website soon. So I'm, I'm I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see it. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show, Marty. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Ian. All right. And thank you all for listening and taking Marty and I on your uh, marketing journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. <laughs>